Matchcast, episode 67, Whisper in Your Lover's Ear, or text the Soundhawk at 303-548-6877. I'm here for you. And you just heard The Birthday Mambo by famed Cuban band leader Bebo Valdez. We're going to bring that back at the end of the episode nope. in a whole new... Oh, well, yes. Yeah. The title. The a t- whole yes. new track. Your mind will be... Actually, there's two, two new... Two, Another. Two more Birthday Mambos. Oh, boy. We're celebrating my birthday for a little while. So oh, you can this, see. Is, this is still you turning 40. I got it. It's a pretty big deal, Mark. So that, you know, that is my number. 303-548-6877. Yeah. You may use it as you see fit. Yeah. Some jackalope out in Portland named Richie. Yeah. He got all huffy. Yeah. What'd he say? Yeah. He said, this is just Mark Brush's cell phone number. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. To which I say... Thought leader, industry thought leader, kingmaker. Show some fucking respect. You said kingmaker. Oh well, you're a kingmaker. Well, a kingmaker is a thought leader. Not your all thought leadership are has your thought leadership is so high on the loftiest of peaks that you've become a kingmaker. It's I like make kings. Thought leadership paved the road to kingmaking. I like the way you hit hit him back. You're like, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. You should pay some respect. I think it was. <laughs> I said, show some respect. This is direct access to a kingmaker. Yeah. Hey, you, I just, you know what I want? Oh, I got some homework for you, Richie Robbins. I want you to go out and find me the direct line 
to another industry thought leader. There you go. That's what I'd like to see. You find that and send it to us, we will text them for a tete-a-tete of kingmaking. Yeah, because clearly they if they're willing to throw their number out there, then they're of the ilk. Oh, they're not. They're not podcasting. They're not down with the people. IndieBio, welcome to the class of 2016 at IndieBio EU. EU, European Union. <laughs> what are you doing? You fixing something? I'm telling you that it's time for us to revisit the world of... Oh, food tech, of course. Look at you. I know, you want me to talk about your wonderful article on the blog? That's fine. Thanks for showing it to me. What were you trying to show me? Yeah, I thought you You directed me to our... You thought I was going to forget? Yeah. About your blog blog post? Now we got to redo it again? No, we're not redoing anything. No, what happens? We had a failure on round one. Yeah, there was an audio failure, but you wouldn't have known it up until this point. I I don't remember what happened last time. Oh, you started talking. No, no. Your blog post came up naturally because you started talking about how food tech was here to save us. Because what happened? Okay. Seminal piece of writing up on the blog. What's it called, Mark? What's the title of your... uh... Oh. Uh... (laughs) It's, uh, uh, wait a minute. So I wrote it Here, for the Swedes, of- the healthy marketing team out in Sweden and London. Kingmaker. I did a trend report out of Expo West. I wrote that for them. I contributed back in April. Just got it on the blog. Kingmaker. You're welcome. Kingmaker. Test Kingmaker. it out. Revisit. See if, see if I knew what I was up to. It's called Where Natural Meets Food Tech. Yeah. And so what happens essentially, if I may paraphrase Mark, is mm. that... We, ha- we, started, we started back with 1950s food science, right? Fucking all our diets up, screwing up our bodies. A movement starts to, to move things back to natural. That movement comes through the birth canal, emerges a fiery phoenix. You can't redo this. No, I, got, I caught the energy. Birth canal. Before, first time you were saying birth canal, you did this whole hand gesture. Well, I was getting to that. It's like a pendulum swing is what's happening. Though. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's, that's what this article so deftly points out. Is that I think this is our first audio failure in 67 We're coming episodes. all the way up out. Fiery phoenix. I've never had to redo anything. Raining best practices. Yep. Across the uh, food industry. Yep. Making Wingspan, waves. You did this? Making ripples. This was the fiery phoenix. Have you gotten yeah. to the fiery? What, what is the fiery phoenix? It's probably got a deeper register than the no, sound. What hawk. is it? What was it in your? It, oh, it was the movement, the natural food movement or <laughs> something, wasn't it? Nat- anyway, nat- natural had some big okay. <laughs> natural food had some huge wins. Now they're coming back down the mountain, headed back. The pendulum swing back towards technology is in my the point. birth canal, out and of so the birth we'll, canal, in the go. birth canal. Don't miss that one again. You remembered your part. And then what we want to do is settle in that valley, though. We don't want to swing all the way back, Science. We want, want lessons. Right there in the canal? <laughs> lessons learned. We just want to settle in that warm canal. Set, okay. That's what, that's what we all want. Yeah, you got it. I think you got the gist of it. It's a great article, Mark. Um, and Natural food has, is becoming food. Look at General Mills, meat bars, all that. Yep. Right? And Indie Bio, if I'm not those mistaken. Compa- those companies, have, that is the future of food. Food will be natural food. But then over there in the wings, you got him in the lab. He's got food tech waiting to save you us got that from food tech in the drought. And They're trying to figure out how to just eliminate all disease. the pain points and eliminate food from food. Just test tube it. So that's why we meet in the birth canal. That's why. This that's year's NatchCast is, is the birth canal where, where technology and natural food can rest together. Is that too long a slogan? Probably. 
this year's IndieBio EU EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, European Union. It's global. Again. Food tech is global. Class yep. Sports 13 Biotechs, each developing a unique and exciting product. Fine, whatever. Here they bio, are. that's an incubator, right? They sink money. They are my go-to accelerator for food tech startups. Okay. Are you ready? I want you to respond to some I'm not of these. even looking at my phone. I'm just gazing into you your eyes. You don't have to look. because You tell me if these are going to work or not. All now, right. sometimes at this stage in the game, they'll be intentionally vague. I noticed that. I did read these. Sorry. Okay, I assumed fine. I was supposed to. Like, I remember, um, was it New Harvest? One of them was going to make an artificial shrimp. Mm-hmm. But then, like, then four weeks later, they were just eliminating bycatch and seafood, all different kinds. So they went from shrimp to something else. Remember, we were telling them. Was it shark fin? It was the shark fin people. We were like, you can't launch your first product as shark fin. That yeah. was your point. It was. That's a very narrow market. I was trying for. really hard to like go, well, maybe China. But they're going to save the sharks. <laughs> they're going to expand. And my point was, it's but okay it's, it's shark the, fin the virtue US, of the actual shark. They don't want a lab-grown fin. They want Talking the power of the man. animal, which is just fucked. Anu Dairy are an Irish dairy biotechnology company producing probiotics for the dairy industry that will increase vitamin K2 content in the milk. Not sure how important vitamin K12, K2, K2. Wait, which one's the mountain? Isn't that K2? Yeah. Did you say K12 or K2? I said K2. So what's this? Ha- so they're probiotics like yak butter. You have to climb Everest to get these probiotics. Uh, that's good. So here's the problem they're having right there is you don't know the importance of vitamin K2. I know. And I'm an insider. So you don't care about the milk having more K2. I like that it's Irish. Got a lot of, a lot of great grass-fed cows over there, I think. Yeah, they got that going for them. K2 is a vitamin on the rise. It wants to be... Hot new level. vitamin? It wants to be like A, B, C, D, or E. And guess what, Richie Robbins? Or when Netflix. the K2 industry is ready for its searing market report, who do you think they're going to ask to research and write it? I'll give you a clue. You got his text number. Chinova Bioworks are a Canadian company revolutionizing the beverage industry by developing a natural, safe, and effective antimicrobial cocktail mixture. Mm-hmm. What's it do? I don't know. That, that was, was that one of the big ones? <laughs> You're, well, they're making an antimicrobial cocktail mixture. I guess you... Like a mixer? I guess like, you, like, Yeah. How, how many calories? I don't... This mixture provides a targeted or broad-spectrum antimicrobial, antimicrobial effect, protects beverages from spoilage, and enhances their shelf life. Eh. Sounds like it's not for Appletinis, so I don't give a fuck. It also sounds like I don't need longer shelf life <clears throat> until the nuclear winter. Your, that could be good uh, your, bomb shelter food. You're a bioenergetic. Wow. I think we've covered this one before. They've been on an indie bio list, haven't they? Really? I think so. Read it to me. Holistic biotechnology company. <laughs> They're a holistic biotechnology company. Great. That's committed- the valley. That's the canal right there. Committed <laughs> They're to ma- striving for the canal. Oh, here we go. Animal-free omega-3 nutraceuticals. Yeah, from algae. Fucking algae, of course. Duh. Quick uh, birthday interruption. I'm not sure that's biotech. We got algae out there already. Oh, We got algae that. oil in a bottle. My friend Greg, he made me soap too. That would be a good Instagram picture. His soap is stunning. He gave me this Thrive Culinary Algae Oil. Best oil for your heart. Have you tried it? <laughs> what have you used you it for? you notice that it's about what a third of the way gone? Just cooked the shit out of things in it. Okay. Kept it in the kitchen? Yep. Good for you. I love it. I moved into this into the room so I could whip it out, show it to you. Microsynbiotics, Irish company developing novel oral vaccines for aquaculture. 
I like this one. Yeah, good for them. Uh, the vaccines will help to eliminate the unnecessary use of antibiotics and to combat devastating viral outbreaks causing major stock issues it losses in aquaculture globally. Tweet this. That one seems smart to me. All right. Like it actually seems like it does something useful and I'm gonna skip that one. Meaningful. Ooh, here's a Spanish molecular diagnostics company. Okay. Plug and play RNA devices. Hmm. Hmm. Just walk around with your RNA pod. I don't know what that is. It's diagnostics. Oh. Oh, treating cancer. Huh. A genetic diagnostic tool, I guess. Plug and mm. play. That's mm. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. Best one of the group. Ready? Mm-hmm. Spira, your food is dead. Yep. Since you are what you eat, that's bad news for people who want delicious, fresh, and nutritious food. Spirulina. <laughs> Spira is an American company. Hell Yeah. That makes a high-protein shake based on spirulina, a tasty microalgae that thrives in the bottle. Just adds sunlight. Love it. Now, if I'm reading that right, they make the little thing, put in the sun, you would watch it bloom and grow and turn more green and all that? Like, would it change before you drank it? That would be incredible. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, if that happened, then this product's a home run. That's Even if it doesn't happen, I like it. Even if it's just green juice in a bottle. Are you a spirulina, chlorella, just drink, eat some algae every day guy? I showed you my algae oil, didn't I? But no, I don't have any of that stuff in the house. There's probably some of it powderized in a bunch of the Vega powder pump-up packs I've got lying around. There's an Indian DNA. But wouldn't that be dead? Can you dry out a spirulina and then... No, they're alive. They're growing. But if it's powder... I'm saying if it's powdered in a protein shake... It's, I'm not sure that is. I'm not. That I'm, might, no, I'm asking you a question. Could it possibly be in my Vega One stuff? Do they put that kind of stuff in dry? I don't think so. protein uh, mixes. I'm sure they do. I but it, does it, it do a fucking thing? It does, might do something, not as much. But you're drinking their corpse. Text me. I'll let you know. All right, Soundhawk. Yeah, your food is dead. Hexafly, uh, fish feed crisis, and aquaculture. Uh, look at these people getting down the fish chain. Mm-hmm. They're already assuming that meat is dead. And fish will rise. And when fish rises, how are you going to feed the fish? Because you're not going to feed them. Protein sources are scarce. Yep. You're going to have vegetarian fish. You're going to have like sardines and shit like that. And then not a bunch of ahi, tuna, no, swordfish. Feed them this fake fish meal from Hexafly. From Hexafly. <laughs> yeah. Look at their little logo. It's like a little fly. Oops. See? Yeah, you didn't feed them that fly. All right, that's what's going on at IndieBio EU. Here's a real quick though. While I I respect IndieBio's mission, for a tech-based company, their website is awful. It is. I try to look at it on my mobile phone. It is. It does not. It does not responsive design. Go ahead and show. Oh yeah, yeah. On on the phone, it's everything overlaps. All the text overlaps. Terrible. I'm with you. You know. All right, that's a little glimpse into the food tech future. Hop on that IndieWire. But for the here and now. I'm going to read these to you, too. Okay. You're, stay in the hot seat. I like being in the hot seat. I like being, I like responding to you. I'm going to, I'm going to go to uh, the, the highly esteemed pe- uh, journal Pediatrics, June 2016, and in, in a, uh, some research performed by Mary A. Bragg, Alyssa N. Miller, Juline Of the Bragg Lisa, family? The amino acid family? Shatabdi Diggy and Brian D. Elbel. Those are some names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm going to call this fucking celebs and their junk food. Okay. Who's got the most? All right. Let's see if we... (laughs) This is going to make me feel old. Like, do I even know who these people are? Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Uh, 
Here we go. Oh, hot pockets. You know what, though, actually? Oh, you interrupted already. I think you should wait. Why? Because Natch Studio has a call in about two minutes. We'll be back. What? Was I recorded the, the last time? I'm sorry, what? Are we recording now? Probably. Did, did you check the tape? Did you actually record me? Oh, I checked the tape, and that was two episodes ago that that was our uh, catchphrase, so... Where do we finish? Let's not be stale. I'm, I'm, uh, there's somebody You're dig, about to digging get... into the concrete outside in the street. <laughs> hey, we live in a, in a booming metropolis, man. They're always making improvements. Listen to that thing. It's got some fucking horsepower. Oh, God. At least we can see it. It would be more annoying if we couldn't see it. I can't see it. Of course, the listener can't God, see it. God, it's like... But okay, you I can, know what's I, a good idea is I, focusing I, on I'm it. Gonna fo- That's, mm-hmm. That would be a good idea. That is what I do. Let's just Celebrities and their junk food. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, I am not. Yes, I am. Who's got the most? Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. J-Timb. Well, I'm going to go by brand. Oh, which brand has the most? Yeah, you guess. Don't look at oh. it. Oh, Pepsi. Oh, God. That's the most. That's right. <laughs> 23 people. All right, I'm gonna, let's see Including if we Including Beyonce, correct? Well, I'm going to see if I know these people. The first one I don't know. Who? B- Bauer? What? B-A-U-U-E-R. Oh, I have no idea who No that idea. Is. Okay, that's um, 0 for 1. Is that like a, like a rapper who barks like it's a bow wow kind of thing? There's or? no W's. Beyonce, got it. Why the fuck does she need that money? Blake Shelton, got it. Why the fuck does he need that money? Britney Spears, Ooh, got it. Why does he need that money? Bruno Mars. You're hot. Calvin Harris, don't know him. Christina Aguilera. Enrique Iglesias. Hunter Hayes. Lee Bryce. Justin Timberlake, Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, Lee Bryce, Mariah Carey, Michael Michael Jackson. Uh, Neyo. Oh, Neyo. Nicki Minaj, I know who that is. One, One Direction. Pink. Pink? Pitbull. Still? Shakira. Will I Am. Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. I'm surprised he would have such a mainstream sponsor. Fucking Pepsi. I don't think there's a photo of him out there without a huge smoldering joint in his hand. Maybe Pepsi's getting Pe- Pepsi Life. Pepsi Life. Mountain Dew has four. Coca-Cola only has what seven. Mountain Dew has Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Nuts. Coca-Cola, Maroon 5. Oh, come on. Wait, Will Wait, I Am? Will I Am is on <laughs> Coke and Pepsi? You can't do that, Will. I like that. At least he's sticking it to him a little. Diet Coke, one and only one. And we know who that is. Swifty. Sprite, Drake, Red Bull, five. Terrible. Who are these people? Dr. Pepper, Juicy four. Juicy J? Macklemore. I thought he was a justice for the world guy. Vitamin water, Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson. Wait a minute. Oh, shit. Mickey D's. Kelly, Kelly, Underwood, uh, Kelly Underwood and Carrie Clarkson. Aren't they both uh, American, American Idol? American Idol winners. One of those shows. Yeah, I think so. There's a direct conduit between reality Alicia and TV. Alicia Keys is not. <clears throat> Nelly Usher on Honey Nut, Honey Nut Cheerios. Now that. Nunny, Nelly and Usher? <laughs> I'm with you on that. I can get behind that. But <laughs> not amazing. to be. Yeah, we got three at McDonald's. We got two on Hot Pockets. You glossed right over McDonald's with uh, Britney Spears, Jesse J, and Justin Timberlake. So there's two Mouseketeers on the M- McDonald's. Who's Jesse J? I wonder if the Mouseketeers back in the day when Justin and Britney were part of them were getting fed McDonald's every day. And so it's just. Probably. Weren't, wasn't everybody getting fed McDonald's every day? I don't know who Jesse J is. But you're J on is. set all day? Who is Jesse J? Oh, man. 
Oh. J to the Jesse to the J to the J J. Jessica Ellen Cornish, born twenty seven March nineteen eighty eight. Old. <laughs> Lovely young lady. Hot Pockets has Bauer again. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Why doesn't Hot Pockets have Jim Gaffigan? Yeah, where's Jim on that? Oh, anyway. He's dragged them through the mud too much. I guess there's nothing to this other <laughs> than the fact that uh, rich people get richer by selling shit. Yep. And, and we're not talking about their music. <laughs> Flip side of that would be... Are you trying to segue into It's Mr. C? I am. Oh, good one. <laughs> Seed Matters, an innovative... What? Oh, an initiative. Yeah. I'm launching through this quote here. Seed Matters, an initiative of the Cliff Bar Family Foundation works to promote organic seed and challenge the notion that only agrochemical companies can, quote, feed the world. That's right. To educate people about seed issues, we helped, we being the Butler Brothers of Austin, Texas. My friends out in Austin and... Good buddies. Their client, the one and only... Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. See Jesus. See Jesus. Uh, did I get that right? Did you double check? That I did not double someone, check that. I thought Adam Butler maybe said, called him See Jesus. I did not get an angry email. That's a start. So the Butler brothers helped Seed Matters engineer a seed of its own, an organic one that could talk. Mr. Seed. A.K.A. Who's the voice of Mr. Seed? Old Petey Holmes. Petey Holmes, podcast legend. You made it weird. You made it weird. You should listen to it after you listen to this. Listen to all of our back catalog, and then, if you have time, dig in on You Made It Weird. Actually, find the You Made It Weird where he interviews Josh Rubin. Okay. It's one of the best okay. podcasts I've ever heard. It's quick, just them quick, doing amazing impressions. Cream in your pants over that one. Have you heard it? Yeah, I've heard it. Buddy! <laughs> yeah, I've heard it. Fine. Two plus hours if you, is, is required for uh, Mr. Holmes. Sometimes. I mean, think about that. Work. One Pete Holmes episode, two of us. <laughs> no question. I'm not sure what you're getting. <laughs> what? More bang for your buck with yeah, us? Yeah, if you were okay. going to spend two hours you podcasting, would you go one with Pete Holmes or two with us? That's a good question. Well, I think if it was a level playing field, <clears> we'd win that battle every time. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, Pete Holmes, he plays Mr. Seed in an animated oh, sorry, short film. I, yeah, I jumped the quote. Yeah, they, it's fine. They, uh, the Butler Brothers, they teamed with Buck, oh, the video did. production company, correct? Yeah. It's an animated short. You could good. link Funny. in the doc. Check oh, it out and help us unfuck our chemically dependent food system. But this is my one. I love the. It's a ribald. Good. I love the cartoon. character. I love some of the segments. You got a problem, um, though. I do have a problem because he's got a filthy fucking mouth, but they bleep out everything when he says something bad. Bleep. We yeah. got filthy bleep mouths. Hey. Hey, let, Don't it, let it all hang out. Let it all hang out. I asked Match for that director's style. cut. I asked for that director's cut. Yeah, they you said did. it's coming. I want to see that seed swearing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, let's Congra move on to our... Well, oh, let's congr sorry. congratulations, oh, let's... friends of the show inside that project there. Good job. Great project. I think it's getting a lot of good press. It's getting... It's, I'm yeah. watching the tweets. I, but you know what? I think you got a whole... You got a second prong, a media prong. No, I the do. Adventures of Seed Jesus. No. I mean, you just call something Seed Jesus, people. No, what about Mr. Seed and Seed Jesus, and they just go out and fight crime out in the fields? That'd Boom! Kind of, hey, that'd be kind of good. That's good! And you know, that, Pete, that, Pete Holmes loves talking about Jesus and religion. Here's so the deal. There's a connection there. Here's the deal. This is a direct to Adam, Marty, Matt, 
anybody else that's listening that has any power in this decision. Pete Holmes. You can have that. You can have Mr. Seed, the adventures of Mr. Seed and Seed Jesus fighting crime in the fields of middle America. As long as we're involved as just concept and uh, a little producer credit, something like that. Just a little bit of something. Fighting big ag crime in the fields of America. We just need a credit and we need to be on a few calls to shape it. And just a couple million bucks. And if you want us to dive in, we'll dive in too. I mean, we'd be happy to do that. But I know how sometimes these projects take on their own life. And we've got the team. Creative team is in alignment. Yeah. We don't need you screwing it up. Well, I think you do. <laughs> Mr. Seed and the adventure. Uh, whatever. I said, <laughs> you the you first really time. nailed it, yeah. <laughs> the adventures of Mr. Seed and Seed Jesus. That's good. Nah, it might be a little rough for a big brand to get behind. Seed Jesus, probably not. Yeah, you don't want to be seen making fun of Jesus. Natch Studio, we'll do it. Yeah, we've got, we need, a, we need got a special page. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we got some news here, Mark. Congratulations. Ocean Plastic Running Sneaker. Have not read this one. I'm excited. You are in for a treat, my friend. Adidas and Parlay. What's Parlay? Don't know. Oh. Uh, Korea, I guess I haven't read it either. Created a sneaker made from ocean plastic. This comes to us from Chris Danforth of haven't we, High Snobiety. Haven't we seen this before? Didn't we talk about this on the... Something made, made of ocean sh- plastic? Yeah, made a shoe out of... It was a skate shoe. Hmm? Yeah. A skate shoe made out of ocean plastic? Made out of... Re- there was a little video of it. They showed him making it in like a minute. They sped up the time. Huh. Yeah. yeah. This, well, this is more of a running shoe. this story. <laughs> They're producing a yeah. limited... A limited run. Yeah, retread. <laughs> that was wonderful, Mark. Okay. <laughs> See, when I make my little puns, you don't hear them. I just let the show yeah, go on. Just let it go. Right. You, you, you got to scream, read my blog post. Laugh at my joke. <laughs> Bring me on this project. No. Hey, so you the, don't get anywhere in this life unless you ask for it. Why don't you busy yourself and look up Parlay? Don't go busy myself. Uh, Give me that algae oil. Adidas and Parlay are actually producing a limited run of their collaborative running shoe, which is the very first performance product created using Parlay Ocean Plastic. Oh, it's an ocean plastic. Yeah. It's not a fashion brand. Oh, I was like, Josh doesn't know about Parlay? No, yeah. They, they, it's just Adidas teaming with another company. Okay. Parlay for the oceans. Yep. The shoe is the shoe's upper is crafted from recycled materials collected in the coastal areas in the Maldives. Or do you say Maldives? Yeah, I do. There's a nice little YouTube video of this shoe Whoa. being built. Nice font. Look at that. Agro. Parlay.tv. It looks like Surly, the bike brand. It looks like their font. I'm liking this already. What Uh, is that sound? What is that? It's just the refrigerator. Oh. It's life. But hey, the good news is the guy with the big asphalt. Yeah, I know. I was. I was. Trust me, I'm aware of that. I was excited about it. Then this sort of. Are you you sure that's the refrigerator? You just want to be in a fucking heat sealed room or a sound sealed room? Yes, it's the refrigerator. That's okay. It's making ice. That's taking a while. It's showering me with convenience, all right? It's taking its good. While time. This is a great website. Good job, guys. Starting World Oceans Day on June 8th, sneakerheads can enter to win one of 50 available pairs through an Instagram contest. We should enter that contest. Entrants must create a video that shows how they pledge to avoid the use of plastic in support of Parlay's Ocean Plastic Program. The competition closes on July 1st, 1st uh, 2016. I didn't hear any of that. You said something about making a video. They're having a contest. You have to make a little video showing how you'll pledge to avoid using plastic. And if your Instagram video wins, you get a pair of these super 
cool sneakers. Uh, okay. Seems like a lot of work. Hey, you know what? Bagney could just oh, could take... On our phone. How about Bagney just does a little quick video tour of his cabinets? Shows that there's not a single piece of plastic in there. That guy, he's legit. He'd love these shoes. He'd look good in these shoes. You hear you know that? You know what that guy doesn't do? Make ice. He doesn't? He's got an ice maker. It's still going, man. Big deal. There, it oh, went away. Thank God, I can... Your, your brain can rest. I just, I just regained 10% of my lung capacity. That's fantastic. So... I got another bit of Adidas news. Great, because I'm still reeling from the first. What do you mean? You found a website that you liked? I did. We had a good pitch for Bagney. He could, he's not going to do that. You don't think he wants a free pair of one-of-a-kind, well, not one-of-a-kind, but limited-run shoes? I think he might. 4G, check the doc. I think you know everything about Greg Bagney. <laughs> Clearly you don't. I do. Email me right here. He likes, I can tell he likes. Nice. I had a great conversation with, with a friend of Greg Bagney's named Cash Mundy. All right. Is that all we get? Have you ever heard of anybody named Cash Mundy? Just a minute ago I did, yeah. That's a little peek inside Greg's world. When, all right. you, when, you, when you connect with a friend of Greg Bagney, he might be named Cash Mundy. I'm saying, watch this video. These are some pretty snazzy fucking sneakers. And if G-Bags had them on his feet while he's meeting with people like Cash Monday, he's going to get... What did you just say? They're a conversation piece. What did you say? G-Bags. Oh, Sometimes that's, they not, call them that's G-bags. not what I heard. Woo, that's okay. Jeez, are you sure that's what you said? You thought I said tea bags? No, it sounded like you're. Uh, what did you think I said? Being anti-Semitic. What? What anti-Semitic word rhymes with, rhymes with g bags? I Jew bags. I thought that's what I heard. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, that's not even close to okay. <laughs> like, why would he say that right now? <laughs> I don't. I'm glad you didn't. I don't think I've ever said that. This podcast would have been in disarray. I would psychic turmoil. Can I go on? While Adidas is a German corporation, the brand closed its last shoe factory in Germany. Germany. They closed their last factory in Germany back in 1993 and since then have uh, taken to China and Vietnam for lower wage production. Not uncommon. But now it's being reported that Adidas will be returning to Germany next year for mass shoe production and will uh, then open a similar factory stateside. Germany rising. The German factory will be largely operated by... Robots. Uh oh. Now I'm in. Which will ultimately mean faster delivery of new styles. I am in now. Adidas. German robots? Yeah. Fucking German robots. Adidas is also planning to open a similar factory in the US and expects the two factories to produce at least a million pairs of shoes per year combined with uh, combined within the next couple of years. They okay. currently make okay. about three hundred million pairs of shoes a year. Okay. And they already add two factories a year to keep up with current rates of growth. Robots, dude. That's all you needed to say was the robots. You that makes to show sense. Me the though. website and give me the robots. You're gonna sink all this money in technology. You want it back in the motherland, right? Rhineland. Yeah. Bring it home to your robots. So I don't know. I think that's exciting. That's not. Oh god. I'm pretty sure I read recently that Adidas has overtaken Nike too. Look at that big truck. Yeah, that's them pulling up right now with 300 million pairs of shoes. No. Oh, you know what they did? I, I hope they're not going to do on our street what I saw them doing on our street. <laughs> Just don't do it right now. Give us another half hour. How much? Yeah, they had like a crane that dug up asphalt. <sighs> that is a Okay, we got to get going here. <laughs> the pressure's on. That's what's coming next, I'll tell you what. Wait, okay. How many stories we got? We got what, four. We're on number two. Can I begin? Yeah, Please I do. can begin. Turmeric rising. Turmeric? Yeah. You got Keep a problem going. with that? Keep going. No. Do you know the difference between curcumin turmeric and turmeric no are you sure yes because i do 
I thought you were talking about turmeric. So I, I whipped out my turmeric drops to show you those too. What? Oh my god! Nature's Way, who You're so, this week had a recall yeah, of multivitamin put, packs. I was. We need to get another Marler food blog in there. What's our clip for that? Uh, do we, <laughs> or no, it was uh, it was Bowie hacking up something. Oh god! It was like a dog hacking. I'm gonna get a little turmeric in my. Oh look. I looked up turmeric versus turmeric, and it's Max, uh, Max, Maxwell, living Maxwell, holding a... Huh. Can you just tell me here? Why is this so long? Are they completely different things, or is it just like a... Max Goldberg, living Maxwell. Slight variation. What's going on, Mark? I don't... I don't there's some difference between turmeric, turmeric, curcumin. I think curcumin is when you've extracted the bioactive compound out of the plant root. Turmeric. Herb. Of turmeric? Whatever it is, fauna versus flora. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's a deep cut. Um, I don't. Whatever. Come we, on. We got to get moving here. I see yeah. more. I see more vehicles pulling up. <laughs> Olga Kazan at the Atlantic. The future of food is cheese curds and turmeric. Okay. The ranking of avant-garde foods of the moment reads like an 18th-century shepherd's grocery list. Mm. Oats, cheese curds, and sourdough bread. Hmm. That's according to this year's Google Food Trends Report, for which the internet company compiles data on search queries and looks for seasonally adjusted patterns. You ready? (laughs) You gotta just ignore it. Oh, man. Come on. Mind over matter, Mark. Yeah, I'm sure this is gonna be a great episode now. Remember that one that you threw a fit in and you, like, like, called it to a screeching halt? Talk to them. No. Do you remember that happened? Did I? There was one we kept getting interrupted. Ari was homesick, God, and it was just mess. like by the end you were like, "God damn it, I give up." <laughs> yeah. And then I, then I, then I, it, we released it, and you listened to it. And you're like, "Oh yeah, this is my life." Here. The whole time I was telling you, "This is a fucking good podcast." This is my work, my life's work. I know, and uh, this is you're again shitting all over it with these. No, you're just failing to embrace the chaos once again, trying to imp- impose order where it does not belong. All right, here's one you of these. You and your little fucking. Outline, come on. Read your quotes. Yeah, you can just leave it to you and see what happens. (laughs) Be a great show. Here's a. This is one of these silly food trend things, but it has some big data behind it. Google searches. I don't know what these categories mean. There's sustained risers. That sounds like what long-term interest. Seasonal risers. I don't know what the season is. Rising stars, up and coming. I guess right. Ready? Yes. Sustained risers. Ramen. Rigatoni. Bibimbap. Linguini. Empanada. Uncured bacon. Bunt cakes. Bunt cakes? You heard it. You know whose ears just perked up? Defay. She was... <laughs> back when the cupcake craze was at its at peak, peak like, cupcake. Fuck this, give me a bunt cake? No, she was like, bunt cakes are going to be next. You fucking watch. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, she she called right. bunt cakes. That was probably like five years ago. You know what that tells me? Prescient. Prescient. You know, you know what this podcast is? This podcast is a big hug for all the tastemakers and kingmakers of the world. That's right. This is where they come. You're safe here. Yeah, we got you. Seasonal risers. Fuh. How about early morning risers? Don't like those. Overnight oats. Ooh. Yeah. I've Get on it. Those, yeah. Bitter melon, cheese curds, pork shoulder, smash cake, gender reveal cake, 
You know gender? what those are? I think. Oh, it's like a cake that you you find out the sex of your baby, and then you have the doctor give it right to the bakery, and then. No, they bake a cake, no. and it's got a uniform colored frosting, and then the inside, the, the oh, yeah, filling yeah, yeah. is either pink or right. blue. Yeah. And then okay. you cut it open, like That's so right. everyone finds out at the exact same moment whether you're having a boy or a girl. That's right. Okay. I, yeah. That's you, not right. You got there. I, didn't, I don't think you have to do... Is, does it the, the doctor has to talk to the bakery directly? <laughs> well, I don't know. You have someone. You, don't, you tell the doctor, don't tell me the sex, write it on a piece of paper. Yeah, I think something like that. Okay. I thought you were going astray. Smash cake, as I understand it, is just you make a little cake for your kids so they can destroy it at their birthday, right? A little toddler. Like, meh. I don't know, whatever. Rising stars, this is what we're really interested in. Bleeding edge, right? Yep. Turmeric. What is turmeric? That. I'm dyslexic. Your food safety. Your food safety. I've never e- noticed that R before. E. coli. Was that what you turmeric. said? E. coli. Turmeric drops. Turmeric. Yeah. Huh. Which, the active is curcumin. Oh, this has branded th- uh, proprietary ingredient. Theracumin. Theracurmin. Congratulations for that. Sounds like they've just heated up curmin. Turmeric. Jackfruit. Yeah, we know all about that shit. I had some last night. Jack, Call, jackfruit or rapas. Cauliflower. Was it uh, Upton Sinclair's? Upton's? Sir? No, it was at Populous, the restaurant in Five Points neighborhood. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing going out to the populist on a Thursday night? The kids are at my mom's. I hate you. We're going out to eat. Cauliflower rice. Yeah. Sourdough bread, of course. Ugh. Funfetti and vegan donuts. Are my teeth orange? Oh, God. Are they orange? (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. Hurry, it's going to drip, huh? Got it. Mm. That stuff's so fun. You What's take those drops fatty? and you put them like in a glass of water and it's like, it's like watching one of those little slow motion, you know, where people drop dye into water and film it in slow motion. And it's like, oh, Ugh, okay. I don't know what Funfetti is. It's edible confetti, dude. Oh, great. Oh, here's a little bit of bringing it home to Denver. Americans are trying to understand how to consume turmeric. The report authors write em- empathetically. They clearly are. As I stare at someone across from me, <laughs> fill himself with a mouthful of Yellow food dye or something. It's all natural. It's nature's way. You'll get there, Americans. What? Oh, they're trying to figure out how to consume it. You'll get there. They're also seeking pork recipes, especially on weekends, and want to learn more about pho, especially in Denver and Seattle. Fuck, yeah, they do. Remember that place? uh, Did we do that? Dining out lunchtime? I went to that pho place out on... Aurora somewhere? Havana. It's like Pho 98 or one of, one of those Pho number places. It's pretty legit, right? Yeah. Hey, you know what, though? The lady, when I, when I bought this turmeric, I didn't just buy it off the shelf. I got pitched by a sample lady. I know you did. She was good, though. I liked her. And she... Of course she was. She basically said, like, in India... she tell you how it works? They cook with this stuff all the time. So everyone gets, a, like, a lot of turmeric in their diet. It's a nice anti-inflammatory. But unless you're cooking with it all the time, it makes sense to have a high concentrated dose in a, in a day glow drop. You wish you were a sucker. That's the problem. It's right. like, you Sometimes sucker. I, I wish the I placebo worked for me. You yeah. sucker. See? The yin and yang of your fucked up mind. <laughs> what do you want? Why are you looking at me? I'm waiting for another insult. Go for it. Oh, you're, you're all hurt? Over that? 
<laughs> you know what you could use, Mark, is some weed. Because weed Glass rules. Houses. Weed rules. And I'm talking about seaweed. Seaweed is easy to grow, sustainable, and nutritious, but it'll never be kale by Tamar Steve Tyler Hospel. Now you changed my title. Yeah, I did. It was disrespectful. It's in the Washington Post. Tell me about it. Quickly. Quickly. I don't have much time. Well, you've got like 19 bullets here. What? You're going nuts. Look at what you did with Adidas, too. It's like so many quotes. Distill it down for me. I did. I didn't. These people are busy. Yeah. All right. You're the quote master. I don't know what you're talking about. I've seen you quote out one of these articles. You put these huge blocks that no one wants to listen. so defensive, lashing out. Listen to this. Let me tell you a little bit about seaweed, son of a bitch. It needs no fertilizing, no weeding, no watering. It needs sunlight. And it has very few enemies in the form of pests or disease. What do you mean it needs sunlight? Oh, we're not talking about algae. Seaweed. Same thing. It needs sunlight to grow. I didn't say it didn't need sunlight. I, I said it needs no fertilizing, no I'm weeding, adding, no watering. I'm, it's a Everything that grows needs sun. <laughs> Everything that grows needs sunlight. Uh, Except for no. the things that grow down by the yeah, not those heat crevices fish. in the bottom of the fucking ocean. But those fish that don't have any eyes. All right. It get all. <laughs> it gets all it needs from the environment around it. Yeah. And under optimal conditions, can grow almost six inches a day. It's healthful for pe- for people. Yeah, and actually leaves the environment better than it finds it. And start. it doesn't consume much in the way of resources. Six inches a day is not bad. There's the gas for the boat. There's the labor in planting, harvesting, and processing. And that's about it, son. Yeah, look at that. Someone's working hard. Hey, you know what? It's, it's kindred spirits. They're out there working hard. We're in here working hard. Sweet Congress. So check it out, though. <laughs> check it out what? <laughs> Seaweed. Okay, that's the point. But why is it not the next kale? Like, uh, I know, I'm well aware of the benefits of oh, seaweed. Oh, I'm sure it's you sustainable. are, sustainable. It's Oh, I've done a lot of research into algae lately. All right, well, we're talking here on the podcast for listeners who haven't done a bunch of research well, on I algae lately. I, they have to keep up, okay? So there's a lot of health benefits. There's uh, proteins, yeah. polyphenols, and yeah. uh, polysaccharides, and those could help fight viruses, cancer, or obesity, my friend. Yeah. Alginate, it's kind of fiber in seaweed. It appears to block fat absorption. Seaweed isn't as nutritionally dense as spinach, but it's still a perfectly respectable vegetable and on an excellent source of iron, folate, yeah, and okay. vitamin why, something that I why, cut off. Got it. Why not kale? Why is it not the next kale? Because it's fucking... Oh, why? That's you want the, me to get to that part of it? That's the article. Seaweed is easy to grow, sustainable Well, can I... I you just don't want to hear other... Th- I'm telling... No, yeah. Just because you are a fucking uh, algae seaweed... You made the point. There's Master. No, there's nobody listening right now who's like, hmm, I need to be convinced more about the benefits of algae. They're in. They got it. No, they don't. They might not. Okay. All right, Proceed. Oh, there's another good point about the virtues of kale, if you can indulge me. I, I can. For eight goddamn seconds. Let's see if you can keep quiet. No, don't start counting yet. When I start saying the quote, then you can start counting. Most shellfish farming takes place from spring through early winter, so a crop that can grow from early winter through to spring is an excellent complement using both the space and the labor it's- in the off-season. <laughs> so there's another good thing about seaweed. You what? can. What was it? It doesn't compete like... It's it, too busy counting. You can grow seaweed where you harvest uh, shellfish, but the, the, the harvesting of shellfish doesn't overlap with the growing of seaweed. You harvest shell, shellfish from early spring through winter, yes. 
and then the seaweed grows in the off season. Oh, it's like those shoulder crops, rotational and farming. And it grazing. cleans the fucking water. Did you know that? It's like the cover crop of the ocean. Did you know it cleaned the water? Yeah. Okay. I'm just, and I'm just going to run these past you because you're oh, such yeah. a goddamn expert. Yeah, go ahead. All right, but here's the problem. Kale. Kale. Well, kale it takes more resources to no, grow. No, no, no. Why is it not the next kale? I'm getting to that. Oh, my God. There's one more thing about seaweed that you should know. It's an excellent source of iodine. I think you're in like week 48 of this pregnancy. But you don't want too much iodine. Did you know that? I did know that. All right, fine. <laughs> you know why it's not the next kale? No. Because of the taste. <laughs> okay. And the texture. <laughs> okay. People aren't used to it. I just wanted to go through the benefits of seaweed to make All a right. compelling case for why it fucking matters, and you couldn't handle it. You just had, you wanted me to cut right to oh, the Oh, there kale. it is. Dulce? Is that how you say that? Yeah. Dulce. I've had dulce. I've, I've actually pickled some dulce once. It's a red seaweed, and the Oregon State researchers did recently announced they had developed a type of dulce that tastes like bacon. Yeah, remember that story? We did that one. I know. We're not allowed to ever reference okay. something that we already talked about. We have to like, pat ourselves on the back every time. Oh, yeah, we covered that. Did your, uh, when you were pickling that dulce, did it grow six inches a day? No, because I was pickling it. It had already been harvested, Mark. Hmm. There's also a guy, Barton Seaver. Got a cookbook coming out, Superfood Sea Greens, A Guide to Cooking with Power-Packed Seaweed. That's the kind of stuff you need. You need that support network around the ingredient. Yeah. So maybe it'll never be kale. Same with crickets. But it could be good. All right, let's, let's see you just ace this story, Mark. <laughs> Blow it out of the water. Oh, this is quick. This isn't going to take very long. Because I'm not going to fucking interrupt the way you do. Costco flies the organic coop. Costco leaders, a bankroll, organic fast food chain, Seattle Times staff... Yeah, digging deep, di- digging deep into the local news for you, not just the big national splash. The local news. You're a real fucking hero. Costco and organics seem increasingly intertwined these days. Duh. The Issaquah-based warehouse giant in recent years has become a dominant seller of organic produce. Duh. And now Costco's co-founder and a top executive are investing in a planned restaurant chain founded by two former Costco employees that bills itself as the first fast food restaurant to qualify as certified organic. Under USDA rules. They've also become a prominent recaller of organic ingredients, well, too. that's not their fault. They're just the middleman. Yeah. Costco co-founder and former CEO Jim Senegal. Don't know. You don't know him? Who's, uh, I just thought of Steven Seagal. What about him? I don't know. Just thought of him. I think he's still alive. Along with Chief Financial Officer Richard Galante. Galante. Ah, crap. Are among the investors in the Organic Coop which opened its first restaurant in November and has two locations in the San Francisco Bay Area. That's it. First organic, certified organic restaurant. I looked at their menu. Have you looked at their menu? No. It's all chicken. It's like four different versions of a chicken dish. Okay. The signature sandwich, Mary's Spicy Organic Air Chilled Chicken Breast Fried in Organic Coconut Oil with Organic Spicy Shredded Veggies on a Toasted Organic Artisan Bun 500 calories, $9.99. But is it organic? (laughs) Hey, good for them. You need more stuff on your menu. That's my takeaway. More than just chicken? (laughs) Yeah. You need more than just chicken. Here, I'll tell you what's there. Organic coop. How about some uh, lab-grown shark fin? Organic lab-grown shark fin. See? Are we ready? Is there a cookbook for that? Organic lab-grown shark fin? Menu. The organic coop. Spinning with, there's the signature sandwich. Here, here's that chicken in a wrap. 
instead of on a bun. Here's that chicken in a bowl. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, they need some menu development. So you've got three versions of the chicken, of the fried chicken. You can pick, oh, they've got one, two, three, four different sauces. That's good. And then you can get it as, the side, sides are tenders. Hey, that truck's leaving. You can get it as tenders. Here we go, is another item. Popcorn. Signature popcorn covered in caramel plus drizzled in chocolate. So you've got chicken and popcorn. I can live with that. Good start. Ready for more. But not this episode, because the rest of this episode is magical. It is magical. It's, you might say it's mental, right? It's just another little quick birthday recap. Do you have a third? You said you had an extra audio clip for us. I do. I should probably set it up first. But do you want to talk about Felix first? When does the audio clip come in? Well, that happened later in the night, so we could keep it chronological. Set it up. Give us a little match, and we'll, we'll come back and finish this show. What do you mean? No. With I'll, Felix. No, no, no. It's fine. The mentalist. We'll just keep going. The magician. The no, no, no natch. We're just going. Oh. I've got it all in here. Well, that was a dramatic setup. It was an unnecessary drama. What we learned from Professor Felix, the mentalist. So, as we mentioned in episode 66, I turned Magician. 40 years old on Fork June bender. 4th, this past Saturday. Oh, no, this whole episode I've been off mic. Here we go. Sorry. It's been great. You jerk. Had a birthday party here. I was there. Yep. Chef Yvette, uh, a wonderful chef from New Orleans, mm. came and like, Cooked a meal in our kitchen, we served like everyone. A, Lots of appetizers. A, what was that first soup puree? It was, it was a, a butternut squash. Potato. Sweet Yukon. Yukon. Delish. I've then still we had got some in the fridge. Salad. Some soup after this podcast. There's yeah. still a little bit left. And we had that. I do. That Poached lobster, lobster salad. salad. Oh. So good. Then we had halibut. Served over Harry Colvea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little green beans. That was good. Yeah. And the appetizers were amazing. Free-flowing wine. Lots of wine. Free-flowing discussion of all your young hijinks with your friends growing up. Yeah, a little yeah. trip down memory leg. My friend Greg, or oh, <laughs> memory right. A, a touch, uh, I, I was going to make a toast. Were you really? I was, but then I, 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 was, I was on the fence the whole time. You can give me the toast right no, now. No, no, I, no. No, 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 I'd like, I'd like to hear the toast. No, I don't have. I didn't actually create it. What, gonna, what were you going to say, though? I'm curious. I don't know. I was going to think about it and do one. A you meaningful just, toast. But then I was like, oh, my God, because Nicole got up there and just crushed it. She did. She had 40 reasons why I 40 things she loved you. about me. Yeah, it was, it was heartwarming. Uh, for, when, <laughs> first, I was like, oh, no, 40. And I know. They went quick. Yeah, they went quick. It was very, I, not, that, no one should have followed that up. It was Except very, that you did feel the need to say something. <laughs> I did. You said, okay, well, Josh, coming up now, I've got 41 things. <laughs> uh, I'd like to make a toast. 41 things. I love that. Then I said, can I borrow your sheet, Nicole? (laughs) (laughs) Always on. Too bad the mics weren't there. Always on. But it was a wonderful evening. And then as dinner was winding down. Josh had on a tuxedo. Yes, I did. With a clip-on velvet bow tie. That was was a premium Italian-made bow tie. The fact that it clips does not take away from its sophistication. wore my Kentucky Derby ensemble. Yeah, except I don't think anyone in the history of the Kentucky Derby has worn Sanook... (laughs) Camouflage, <laughs> flip-flop shoes. No, they were covered. T- I wanted to cover my toes for you. <laughs> no, I did, that was a gift. I did appreciate that. I had on some, uh, just some tasteful uh, 
chinos or uh, whatever those are called. Yeah, they were like a nice chino. A, a, a plaid shirt. Uh-huh. A uh, Jennifer Meyer homemade reversible bow tie tied by hand. Jenny Meyer. Jenny Meyer with deer, deer and a fabric. And then my seersucker coat mm-hmm. and my camo Sinucks. Yeah. Jenny way outclassed you. Oh. She looked very beautiful. I thought I looked good. You looked good. You looked good. I was very... Uh, the, I've, I've, believe me, I was like, oh, I don't have to look at his toes. I was... So and he I've, doesn't have his orange Crocs on. I've so. worn that exact outfit. Well, very similar. To every wedding you've ever no, been no, to. No, 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 no. Uh, in my final years as a speech maker at New Hope, I would, I would wear that on stage. With those flip-flop oh, shoes? Oh, sure, sure, sometimes. Wow. But the, po- the point was, like, because it's all these different patterns. You? The seersuckers, these vertical stripes, the bow tie. Sometimes I wore a check one, different checks. I would just, the patterns were all over the place. Wanna, Lively. Like, Sear people's brains Lively. with your presence. Some I people like it. couldn't handle it. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, fashion. <laughs> fashion. Please proceed with your story. Oh, well, you asked. Oh, 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 I had my velvet tuxedo jacket, a mm-hmm. Pierre Cardin that I found at a thrift store. At a thrift store. It's like a glove. Is Pierre Cardin the same thing that like was hot in 1984? He's a timeless designer, Mark. Yeah. It's, okay. a, it's a, but it's actually a union-made U.S. And, and is this whole high water thing like fashionable now? You and uh, uh, Andrew Rilke Neeb. Oh yeah, showing a little ankle's been hot like for a while. He had him rolled up really high. He did. Yeah. I don't know. But no, I'm reverting back to a silhouette. I grew up in an age where that was like I can't afford real pants. That's fine. That's sort of what it is. It actually harkens <laughs> back to the the big pants, small wheels days of skateboarding, which you heard stories from that era at the dinner. Here's one for Andy. Back in the 90s. Du bist ein Blutestürmer. He'll love that. Back in, the, back in the 90s. I worked, my friend Mike Brock and I worked at the casual male big and tall because we wanted like the biggest pants we could possibly get. And like the skate shops sold these big pants, but they were really expensive. And at casual male, we got an employee discount. So I had a pair of like pants that were. This is very clear to me. A fifty-inch waist. Oh my god! And then I'd cut them. I think there is a design to this universe. There's like a god ordering things because if I had known you back then, yes, this would have never happened. No, I don't think we would have seen eye to eye. <laughs> it just wouldn't have clicked. You would have been afraid of me. I was probably like holding a forty, yeah. barking at some. You know, I know loud. what you were. Forties made me loud. Uh, but that silhouette is kind of coming back, and I'm pretty Summer pleased about that. Yep. Uh, where the hell were we? So, so you and I both looking good, right? Andy Neeb looking good. Looking good. Everyone in attendance. Get a beard. Yeah, he was looking good. Looking wonderful. A lot of lovely friends I have. Little dressed up people. Yeah. Great people. Yeah. And then a mystery guest. You know arrives. who was like? I, I didn't get to talk I'm trying, to him. I'm trying, I didn't get to talk to him that much. But the, he used to have flowing hair. Now it's sort of the mullety thing. It kind of looks like Garth's hair. Garth. No, that's uh, Mark. Mark, the other Mark. He's like, wonderful, yeah. He, he was like very sweet. He's, nice. Oh, just he's nice. very nice. Just very nice. He is very nice. Like when I said goodnight, and there's like Nicole like, this will never happen again, don't leave. And Josh is like, you're leaving now? And he's like, hey man, have a nice weekend. It was really good to meet you. It's like, what? Yeah, he is nice. You too, buddy. But he was getting ready to leave too. <laughs> I, know. I know, but anyway. Uh, it was late. No, he's, he's a hairstylist. He works at Bang, where Nicole used to work, and wonderful hairstylist. And he gave me a shampoo one time, 
And he does the, he does he gives his clients ear massages. Ooh, what? Yeah, he's a pro, dude. He he gives a really good scalp massage, and then once he's like rinsed your hair, and he like finishes off with a, a light ear massage. Like in the ear? No, no, no. He like rubs Does he your... penetrate the ear? No, he doesn't go down your canal. That would be invasive. He rubs your earlobes and your the bell of your well, ear, you whatever it's called. You told me that you want to get in that sweet spot and just sit in the canal. And then he follow, as he's walking you back to his chair, he massages your shoulders. This guy. He's a pro, dude. Whew. So yeah. But then a mysterious stranger arrives. Yes. In After f- dinner. He has the fanciest outfit of anyone. Well, he has first like a, he arrived and then just lurked around for about an hour. <laughs> It wasn't an hour. It was probably like 10 minutes while we were finishing dinner. But no one seemed to notice. He was like... Oh, I saw him. Well, I know you saw him, but some people didn't. And he like moved quietly into the kitchen and then he was kind of standing over there. A man in like a three-piece suit with a watch chain. He had multiple watch chains. And wire uh, horn rim glasses. Yep. And his name is Professor Felix. That's P-H-E-L-Y-X. Felix. Felix. The link is in our doc. What's the link to his website? Felix.com. Okay. He owns it. Yeah. He, he was telling me that someone was like every, like there's some company or a, a DJ named Felix who is always trying to pounce on his URL, like waiting for it to expire. Ooh. But Felix is a mentalist and he came and performed some, uh, it's not really magic. It's like mind bending feats of, I don't know what. How would you describe him, Mark? Yeah. He, uh, he read some minds almost. He bent some forks in front of your eyes while you were holding them. I wasn't holding them, but actually well, Mark's, well, like, Mark's wife, Laura, was holding the fork, and he was yeah. like just a light twist, and all of a sudden the, the neck of it's bent. And then the tines bent into this crazy rooster yeah. coxcomb. What did he do with like these fluttering light motions? He did that. He did, he did the... Uh, what Jenny, about this? Jenny, as his assistant... Well, wait, let's, there was, that was like the close to the end. Oh. Remember, he had uh, Andy's. Card tricks. He had Andy's wife Maggie pick a book. He brought some books. She picked one of his books. Right. And she had him just. Or he told her to just flip to a page. Yeah. Find the biggest word he, that he she could on the page and memorize it, and then put the book back. And then he had her stare at the wall, <laughs> and imagine the word written on the wall. And he just like kind of ferreted it out of her. Got the oh, word. and I forgot to tell you that Can- the word was candlestick. It was. And Nicole has talked to. Maggie since then and Maggie said that she was trying to picture a brick like she was picturing a brick wall mm. when he was asking her to she picture the to word cock block him yeah and it was working for a while because he was like mm. and he she said some that some people can pull that off in some she case. said as soon as she did that in her mind he noticed and then she said that Christy made a joke about or made a comment about a dress or something or Christy made some sort of joke and it distracted her for a minute and she said in that moment he started like making progress Wow. So pretty trippy. It was. And he, yeah, he figured out that the word was candle, but he like called, he's like, mm, it starts with a C, right? C. And then he went to the end letter and he was like, mm, mm, mm. Like, Some of it was clearly he was using, he was, he was reading the participant and the trick and like getting them to get him to the answer. Mm-hmm. Still impressive, right? Oh yeah. Very impressive. Uh, I, so the, I mean, we could. Let's let's hold off on the marbles till the end. That's the, the nah. were they marbles? No, have your big moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, first I want to sit. So then he did this trick with Jenny, where she was the assistant, and he's like, "Yeah, he did the marble thing before that." Well, actually, we're, we're going to finish with the marble thing. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> he said, 
I'm going to cover my, you know, he had all, he checked out the coins, check out the no, tape. No, no, okay, you're not doing it. He put job. the coins, I'm going to wrap he it up. Gaffer, he used gaffer tape and covered it. He put coins over his eyes, taped them down with gaffer tape. Put a big silver metal. Put tape over his nostrils. Yeah. And then he put on a big silver mask. bespoke. It was bespoke. He had a custom made, a big silver mask. I'll bet he had it custom made so he could peek through it. He had Christy wear it. And then he had everybody, then he said, Jenny, go out there and get three random four. things. Four random things from people's pockets in the audience. And so we had, which he got yep. out of your pocket. My brother had given me a shooter of bullet bourbon. He got that. He, he, he got the color quick. He started with each one and then he, he like went through all of them and then came back to them in the yeah. second time. He got the, he got the face cold cream thing. He got the, uh, but he like, yeah, he's like, it's a, it's a container. It's orangish. He like, but Andy, and then he, uh, but <laughs> he even, like, he even got that it was bullet bourbon from he did. Kentucky. Andy, Cause I sat next to him and he's like, Oh, oh you got to use this. You got to use this. And it's like this Ziploc bag, which he got, but I didn't even know what was in the bag. Yeah. Until the trick's over. Because <laughs> he couldn't get what was in the bag. No, he, he figured out that it was a Ziploc bag. Human teeth. Yep. Maggie. Bag or I mean, uh, I think it was Mason's teeth, his daughter Mason. His daughter's teeth that had been in there in a Ziploc bag for a couple of years. Put the coat back on. Yeah. Caught Felix. Yep. Couldn't get that one. And there was only one other person that night who was able to stonewall Felix, Mark. And who no, was it? He did it by just pulling a trick out of his pocket with the teeth bag. I did it with my mind. Here's the trick. Four? Four five. marbles. Four marbles, three white, one black? Yep. Yep. Given to people in the audience. You pull them out of a bag, so you don't know. Pull them out of the bag, you don't, you don't know. No one knows what color That's true. You're holding it in hand, you don't even know what you've got. Then eventually you're, you, you peek. You, you peek look. and you go, okay. If you have, and you, everybody has to think of a nickname no. they were given growing no, up. You don't even have to do that. He says, if you have the white marble in your hand, when I ask no. you a question, you're going to tell the truth? <laughs> yeah. If, but the, he didn't say anything about nicknames I'm until just, it was until the reveal. I'm compressing the... Now you're extending. God, you're, the way you tell stories is so elaborate. It's like step by step in chronological order. This, this I'm just like turning it into a narrative for you. No, you're not. Everybody think of a nickname they had growing up. If you have the white marble, it's the truth. If it's a black marble, it's a lie. And he called on us one by one, staring deep into our eyes to try to read us. Called on me. I said... Stretch. Stretch. He looked at me. He's looking. He's looking. He's looking. He's like, moving on. Went to Andy. Figured it out. That's the truth. Went to you. What was what was Andy's? I don't remember. I, don't, I know mine was the nickname that Andy has given me. Because he thought there. He he's like Josh is short for or Joshua. Josh is short for Joshua. But do they ever short, shorten it the other way? Just call people Hua. Hua. So he's just he's called me Hua for years. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, he got you. And then, it was, then he went to Greg, who said, what? Hair, haircut? No. Well, it was haircut, but his... His real nickname was haircut? It was God. hair something. It was a compound word with hair. It but was a weird thing. It was like the last thing changed. Our gym teacher really did used to call him haircut, but he said his nickname was hairdo. That's what it was. Something like that, yeah. And he looked at him, and he couldn't figure him out, so it was down to me and him. Yeah. And then he backed into Greg and said, uh, you blah, blah, this, you got the black one. Could not, could not. Here we go. Crack the code on the brush mind. He couldn't get in there. One person in that whole party. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't even. Impervious. I was not trying to block him. I sh- maybe I should have been a little playing a little more strategy. I was just having fun. Uh, oh, well, all right. 
So it's not as impressive to you. <laughs> well, no, this whole time, like I'm standing next to Are Jenny. Are you surprised? For a while, I was standing next to Jenny and we're watching all this stuff go down and we're both like, this is pretty incredible. I don't know how he's doing a lot of this stuff. I was like, I think this is just what Mark needs to have his mind just blown. And then maybe he'll actually be like welcoming the placebo effect after this because he'll he'll see that maybe there are things that can't be explained out there. Yeah. She's like, yeah, maybe you're right. And then, nope, the first, his only takeaway, couldn't crack my gold. <laughs> my mind was so tightly knit, he couldn't get through the cracks. Well, it's definitely tightly wound. Tightly wound. And there's all sorts of physical manifestations of that. So, so it's like you're, you're super happy about the thing, about your, your disease. <laughs> you're so excited about your disease. <laughs> my disease fun. prevented the magician from reading my mind. <laughs> yep. everybody I'll keep else, it. Everybody else here is having fun, but not me. I'm strategizing, and I'm not letting them in. I do what I want. I'm not letting the mentalist in. I'm not letting in the placebo. Yeah, well, hey. I take a little pride in the fact that I yeah, outsmarted the smarty. So the early bird specials left, what'd you leave at, like 11? I left at 11.45. Couldn't even make it to midnight. Still, wonderful having him here. I've been through a elaborate dinner, a heartwarming toast, Somebody tried to rape my brain. But you didn't let him. Did not let him. the brain chastity belt. And then we played some badminton. That was super fun. Oh, yeah, I did that too. Yep. And then... uh, Had a bunch of cake. But then a lot of people left before karaoke. Kept running into Andy in the kitchen. Hmm. He kept coming back. (laughs) See, now who's doing elaborate interrupting story mode now? What happened after I left? Somebody showed up. Yeah, this... uh, So Christy... Who works with my wife? Very Needle young the Haze human being showed salon. up. Com said her friend Aaron. It's like a neighborhood party. Should come over and so go he, time at midnight. Yep. So he came over. Never met him before. Very very nice. Why are you putting that on your face? Check the gram. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, Mark's wearing his coaster on his face for reasons that will become clear. I don't know. Sometime next week. Tell me about Aaron. Well, I didn't know much about Aaron. I knew that he was a musician. That's about all I knew about him. And so I was a little intimidated. Fourteen years old? He's not fourteen. He's a grown man. Okay. Um, I but I knew that I knew he was a musician. So I was maybe a little intimidated by the quality of my karaoke, which is pretty high quality. You're telling me I missed the karaoke? Oh my god! But I was. But then I knew my my setup. I was like, a a musician. Is he gonna? Because sometimes if you stand too far back, you get feedback. Because it's set up for movie watching down there. So when you got the mic, sometimes you can catch a little heat. And he did. He was he was kind of roaming the room cat-like, trying to figure out. Whoa. Like suss out the, the weird little wow. wormholes of sound down there. But he dedicated a, a nice birthday song to me. The fir- Actually, two. The first one, <clears throat> Love and Rockets, So Alive. And man, did he kill that. Did he? Mm-hmm. He's got... He has great delivery style. And I realized something while I was watching him. I figured out a secret. Oh, no. And it's hard to do when you're doing karaoke because you're often trying to read the words. But eye contact with your audience. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge win. Yeah. So then after noticing that, I was like, whoa. And I I told him, I was like, thank you. Eye contact. And I started like making a big point of getting (laughs) in everyone's shit. Aggressively getting (laughs) in people's face. (laughs) But it was really cool. (laughs) They're like awkward turning away and be like, no, look at me. Oh, I was no, demanding attention. No, I was not singing Seeger. There was no Seeger. But actually, Greg Greg stayed, and he, he randomly started trying to sing the Greg Kin Band song. Stop doing that. Everyone just, hates that. That's just for Shaggy Brown. That's just for Shaggy Brown. <laughs> I tried to save you, Shaggy. He would not stop. Oh, the Greg Kin Band. That was a good one. What yeah. was that tune? 
That's that's all you need to know. Don't about. you think we should do more karaoke? We'll come back to it. I think we should. And in fact, we forgot to really say that you know that. Well, I mean, I said who that music was at the beginning of the episode. Bebo Valdez. But for every other episode, it's been our own creations. Oh, well, that's our go-to. This is one of the first episodes, and we're actually going to close with something too. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put these in the doc from now on, intro, outro. Even if it's our own creation, hey, we'll give it a title and put like old gay on it or new age dad or shoulder season. Shoulder season. You can uh, subscribe to the newsletter at Natch.is. So then Aaron... Go to Natch.is, the, any of the other page, uh, the show page. Natch.is slash Natchcast. Go to the show page. That's or, the best hey, place. There's a quicker way. Text the Soundhawk your Text email Sound address. Hawk. And he will personally... How many times are you going to get a Kingmaker personally, carefully, gently place your loan email address into our MailChimp account? Not a batch import. He's doing them one by one. One by one. Because he cares. I do care. 303-548-6877. So Aaron cares too. And so the Love and Rocket song was great. I mean, he danced around. He even like backed into the bathroom for a minute. Couldn't see him. <laughs> then he came back out. I mean, he made use of the full stage. Wow. It was a great performance. I'm sorry I missed but that. But that wasn't it. He what, had some more in store for like me. Like 4 a.m.? This was probably like 3. Oh. And then he, he proceeds to tell me about the birthday mambo. About this time that he was hanging out with one of his friends, and it was his birthday, and they were like, should we sing you happy birthday? He's like, I hate that song. Don't sing that song. And his friends were like, okay, what are we going to do? And so they invent... You got to interrupt, huh? Are we going to end on the birthday mambo? No, there are... You don't listen to a thing I I fucking say. No, I... I There are two birthday mambos coming up, and I'm going to explain them both. The first one is a recording made that night, Aaron banging on the table, singing me the birthday mambo. Let's hear it. We'll play that now. Hard to please. It was I mean, very touching in the moment. I liked, I liked the very last, what he sang, that last mumbo. That was, sounded like he was really going for it there. It was an impromptu recording yeah, at like three in the morning. A little messy. Wow. You really know how to look a gift horse right in the mouth, don't you? <laughs> is it a gift horse? But here's the other thing. He played me, of, he said that this song, like his friend did this for him, and then it became kind of a thing. Oh. And I think his friend's name is Adam Green. If Jingo, I remember the Jango, story right. birthday mumbo. That's the lyric? Well, I'll play you um, a studio version of it in a minute if you can just keep your trap shut for a second. I think his friend who sang it for him originally was... On 50% of this fucking podcast. Was na- ...is named Adam Green. And so Adam Green has an album called Aladdin. And on that, there is the Birthday Mambo track. Is it the Aladdin soundtrack? No, that's the name of his album. Isn't there a Birthday Mambo on the... No. In the movie Aladdin? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. I don't believe so. Go ahead. So there's a version of it on a studio recording of the Birthday Mambo, but it's not performed by Adam Green. It's performed by Rodrigo. Rodrigo. <laughs> See? <laughs> fucking trying to slow it down. Rodrigo Amarante. Yes. Rodrigo Amarante. An amazing album. Uh, 
a couple years ago called, uh, I'm looking that up. People love it. It's called, uh, didn't find it yet. It's called in the meantime, discography. I, I know Rodrigo. I've, I've met him at a wedding, our friend Aaron and Noah's wedding. Uh, Noah is the guy who produced Ca- Cavallo, right? Cavallo, Cavallo, Cavallo. Yep. Noah's the guy who produced, uh, a lot of Devendra Bannerts records. God, you're such an indie insider. Not really. It was kind of by accident. Nicole's really good friend from Chicago fell in love with this awesome guy named Noah, who turned out was also Devendra's producer and an amazing musician in his own right. Who? You do this. Do this. Devendra had a. I girlfriend. want you to Google the song Noah Georgeson finds shelter. No, not you. I was talking to listeners. Oh, it's a beautiful song that he wrote off of his solo record. But anyway, I've, I've met Rodrigo. He was at their wedding. He YouTube, was super right fun. there. Super, super fun dude. So then to find out that, oh, the birthday mambo, Rodrigo sang it? Rodrigo also did the theme music for the Netflix series Narcos. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, the music. The show's pretty good. The show's pretty good. The music. Music's good. Is great. great. Like, it makes, the sh- makes it seem like the show's going to be better than it is the based on the quality titles. of the yeah. opening song. You know what I'm okay, talking about? Yeah, I know, yeah. Okay. So anyway, small fucking world. That's all. That's all. Gifts everywhere. The universe gifts is everywhere. constantly giving gifts. I, hey, I, I'm so pleased that we got the birthday mambo raw, unedited, off the cuff, 3 a.m. version on the show. Amazing. Oh, thank, now you're happy. Thank, thanks, you were Aaron. a real dick about it before. <laughs> uh, so we'll play, I'll play Adam Green's birthday mambo featuring Rodrigo. Are, are we done? Okay. <laughs> but okay. first... We'd like to announce that please uh, the the very exciting announcement for episode sixty-seven. Oh boy! Excuse me, sixty-eight next week. Well, we're starting a book club. Big news! Mark and I are going to read the same book. The book, the first book, is the Taste of Country Cooking by Edna Lewis. This is the thirtieth thirtieth anniversary edition of a this is crazy cur- cursive a great Southern classic. So it's perfect for you. Got a forward by Alice Waters. Are we going to read the forward too? No. Well, read it. We don't have to talk about the forward on air, but be a completist. We're, we're going to read the chapter spring is the main thing we're going to talk about. And as I recall, this, this is a, we will discuss Edna at some length and tell you who she is, why she's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And this work is kind of a little bit of an intro and then some recipes, right? It's a cookbook. It's stories and then it has recipes. Yeah. It's like a memoir laced with recipes, I think. Join our book club, okay? So yeah, go, go, get a, go get a copy of The Taste of Country Cooking, Edna Lewis. Who publishes this? Do we care? Not. Next week, we'll begin. Hey, and if you've got notes, you text the Soundhawk. What's that number again, Soundhawk? 303-548-6877. All right, we've taken enough of your time. So now we will leave you with the third birthday mambo. Thanks for listening. Whisper in your lover's ear, Nashcast 67, Snowflake Stardust, Snowstar Flake Dust. We got to make t-shirts, man. Off air, t-shirts. Okay, we'll get to that right now. And I say uno, y dos, y uno, dos, tres.